All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Folding List. Uh, glad to have you back. Glad you're a regular listener. Or if this is your first time listening, we're, we're happy to have you. It's, uh, it's always a good conversation. I, I usually... Uh, I'm, I'm so used to sitting and thinking about movies all the time that I was like, well, fuck it. We might as well talk about movies. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it, uh, it came to mind that I'd uh, go ahead and get this going with my homeboy. Uh, uh, what's your, what are you going by this this week, man? You know what? Uh, it's, it's just going to be Cam today. You know, like like I said before, uh, I'm nearing the end of Sopranos and it's really sad for me. Uh, so Joey Bananas, uh, you know, he got whacked. OK, <sighs> he's done. All right. Joey, yeah, Joey Bananas is no more. Want, you don't want like a, a a happy name like Bubbles McGillicuddy or something? Maybe you, you know what? Stuff up a little bit. You know what? I mean, like I set my <laughs> identity to, and this is probably something for my therapist, but I'll just set my identity to whatever movie I'm watching. I don't know. Maybe I have some deep rooted issues there. I don't know. <laughs> We've got a special guest today here with us. A uh, superstar. Yeah, yeah, he's a, a superstar in the making. He's he's got a few credits under his name, and he's actually here today to talk about talk about his most recent project, Farm to Fork to Love. We've got a uh, Jack High here today. How's it going, man? Hey, great. Thanks for having me. Nice, Yo, Jack. For, first of all, I, it sounds like I'm going to cry uh, in this uh, project that you're in. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it's a, it's a rom-com, so uh, it's not a drama. So, ah. <laughs> unless you're crying with laughter. Like, <laughs> not a, not a rom-com. <laughs> has there, has there, oh, is it a rom-com? Like you should actually make one. That would actually be dope. A drama, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the dramedy. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the that's the other actual term. <laughs> oh, I didn't know there's an actual legit term for it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about it. I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a funny. Hmm. Like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, we're gonna go with drumcon. Like, <laughs> screw polit- political uh, correctness. <laughs> right. <laughs> But nice, man. Uh, yeah, you're you're here to. It's a, a a rom-com, like I'm sure under the traditional terms, uh, a romantic comedy for any of our listeners that don't know what that is. But I, I'm sure all of them are completely familiar with what uh, rom-coms are. But uh, why don't you let us know a little bit more about yours in particular? What's uh What's this about? Uh, the farm to fork love is about uh, chefs uh, that are getting reacquainted, and they uh, they realized that they are meant for each other. It's basically in the Hallmark Lifetime genre, so it's uh, it's heavily based on that kind of story of um, the love and romance um, behind that. And I play uh, one of the chefs uh, that is part of a cooking competition. And they, uh, they're having a cooking competition to determine who wins, uh, who wins. And that's where most of the characters come together and uh, make uh, make everything happen. Did you uh, did you have to learn to cook for this scene? You know, uh, which is interesting during. So I was telling uh, Travis that this is shot during COVID. And so during a time when we're not doing much of anything, I started picking up a new hobby, which was cooking. And I started watching a lot of like YouTube channels, like Gordon Ramsay and Chopped and 
<laughs> which is great, funny with child because they can literally like get make anything out of anything they're like you have a box of uh raisins yeah <laughs> you have uh day-old eggs <laughs> and some uh miss withers <laughs> so go ahead and put it together and make a dessert <laughs> Gosh. And yeah so, it's so it's so great because i started learning how to cook and um i, I would you know uh, so it was interesting uh, learning that new skill set, uh, and I landed that role. It's kind of funny how when you, as an actor, you 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 learn something new, and you never realize that it could be applied later in a role that you may never uh, realize it could come uh, come to you. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like when oh, when they say we we're looking for someone with this specific height and this build, and we need you to know how to ride a ride a bicycle with no hands. Can you do that? And you say, Yeah. Uh, when are we shooting? A week from now. I will be practicing, <laughs> but I will know how to do it. You won't tell them that, but you just say, Yes, I know. Because those those skills definitely do come in handy, I'm sure. Especially like you spent all this time in quarantine, like learning how to cook. And like now you can actually like chop with precision and you're doing like your fingers properly. They don't have to tell you like all these different things, like while you're trying to act and do your job, which I'm sure can be like super, super tough at times. But like actually, like how was how was the like shooting in quarantine like how did that actually work for the movie yeah so uh of course this was during a time where we uh had limited testing so uh we had to get tested uh here because it was shooting in kansas city okay and uh got tested here and then it was uh negative and then I, when i got there we got tested as well oh, and yeah. they were shooting all the location, uh, everything in one location, which the story is all in the, the kitchen and the ballroom where they had the cooking competition. Oh. Uh, the main lobby, they used everything in that hotel room. It was just like insane with the amount of like creativity they can come up with, with just using one location. Yeah. And it was great. We shot for a whole week and um, yeah, it was, it was really amazing. Of course I did get some time to kind of venture out a little bit you know get some fresh air but yeah overall it was it was pretty great yeah oh nice man that's a that's like a uh it's a it's a new way that everybody's have have having to adapt like uh necessity is the mother of invention right so like we have we we all need to keep working we need we need to do something but we want to do it safely so that's cool that y'all like actually got like got that portion figured out because like have have uh so like uh cam have you yeah have you had to like, have you ever been on like a film set ever? Like, have you ever been on a film set before? Uh, you know, a long time ago when I was living with my mother, she had this dream that I would become a star. Okay. And um, so she took me to all the Tyler Perry movies that were filming around Atlanta and I hated it. It sucked. Yeah. Yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> um, she had me in like, you know, uh, 12 degree weather in the middle of a graveyard, you know, standing in wet soil. Were you no. in the scene or were you just standing was, there watching? You know what? Okay, so uh, it's this movie, Preaching to the Choir. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think it has Boris Kojo in it. Uh, who's the guy that played Pinky in uh, Friday? Oh, I know who you're talking about, but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mike Epps. Uh, no, 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 not Mike Epps. Um, the, the guy, oh, the um, pimp dude. The, yeah, oh, the pimp. Pinky. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> I forgot his name. Um, He's been in a million things. Uh, yeah. So I actually um, was at the food table uh, with him and I look up and, you know, this was like when I was in high school. 
So I was like, everybody was quoting Friday like every single day. He was like, I'm oh, pink yeah. milk, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. So yeah, yeah. Like, dating my cousin. Shut up. So I'm over here trying to get a sandwich and I look up and it's him. And I'm like, oh, that's Pinky. But I couldn't say anything, you know. No, no. Yeah. But, but um, uh, yeah, it was it was a crazy experience. Um, but yeah. I have so much respect for, you know, the film industry and the people that are on the sets. Um, I hated it back then, but low key, I wish I was back on, you know, a part of the set life now, just because it seems like you guys have so much fun. Well, well, yeah, man. Like, that's what I was going to say is like, if, uh, if you're really familiar with being on set, like, like you said, you were, you're, you are standing around a lot, but there's also like a ton of people behind camera. And that's what I always tell my wife. Like whenever we're watching a movie, that's kind of scary or something. I'm like, just remember there's a PA like right standing right behind that door over there, like trying to tell people to be quiet. And that kind of like, you know, helps her not be as like locked into this horror movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, you can sometimes see people's like elbows and stuff in in the scenes. (laughs) Oh, Uh, definitely, man. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's always those, uh, those weird little flubs because you know, there's like a million different things going on on set. So, right. um, Yeah. Yeah. Jack. So like, uh, Actually, what's your what's your history when it comes to acting and stuff like that? Like how like your past experiences, like I know we just kind of talked about your most recent work, but like um, what's it been like before this in the uh, like trying to be an actor? I was not really trying fun. to be. Excuse me. That was rude as hell. You are an actor. <laughs> are you just going like, to sort my boy like that? Yeah. man? Come on. This man is brilliant. No, like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had to like cut you off there to, to back that statement up. <laughs> Tell me you love me. Oh, oh God. Travis, I hope you know that you're going to be in Jack's book when he writes <laughs> From that moment on, I knew I had to become successful trying. to be able to pay somebody to kill Travis. Trying, trying, trying. As an actor, you're to be honest man acting really saved my life man it was a a little small history about me like i I was on a path a really bad path because i grew up in i grew up here in atlanta georgia but it was just grow really poor and then uh trying to adapt into a society where uh i would felt like a minority within a minority um and it was kind of difficult for me because i've never seen any asian americans around me until literally maybe like high school and uh it's uh it, it over time i had like a, a lot of identity issues when as growing up like i was a pretty bad kid and i didn't know which direction i'm going to take and uh luckily i graduated high school barely with like a 1.5 gpa i don't even know how I <laughs> and you got hired to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah 1.4 oh man we know. <laughs> yo i was dumb as hell <laughs> <laughs> yo i actually left in 11th grade everyone was like where would you go they ended up homeschooling me and then everybody that was in my senior class would skip and come over to my house to play oh. Super Smash Brothers oh, wow. every oh, single man. day. <laughs> I, I skipped every day and 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 senior year I should have came to your house, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> it was a party spot, man. I mean, Thomas had his little red van 
we would drive around Atlanta. <laughs> oh man, it was uh, dope. Man. It's it's that's that's what that's life. That's what happened. And you know, uh, uh, eventually, I, I I realized I couldn't go down that path of not knowing uh, what I should do in my life. And uh, I decided to go to community college because um, I got rejected from every college forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, there's, uh, there's a reason we're in these uh, in the industries we're in, man. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, yeah, it, from there, I, I transferred to uh, finally transferred to Georgia State University, and that's when I went to a, uh, a to I did I didn't know they had a theater program, and um, saw that there was a class for acting, and uh, I was like, oh, acting class, and let me go ahead and take that class and see how I would like it or not, you know. And then the uh, the teach the professor, uh, sorry, Dr. Miller, Frank Miller. He uh, said I should audition for uh, Midsummer Night Dream. I was like, "Oh, audition? Okay, sure. Let me just try it out." And I auditioned, and I booked the role for and for my first th- theater uh, production role. Oh, nice! And that was a very fun time because it was a large cast and it was a lot of people, a lot of um, creativity. Wow. You know, a lot of energy, right? A lot of chaos too. So yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. It, was it was interesting. It was my first and. and before I was very shy and timid going through depression and a lot of like uh, being unsure of my life. And I, for that, actually going to that class and taking that, uh, getting booked for that theatrical production actually saved me because it kept me doing that are out of my element. Yeah. So, yeah. so I always encourage people to, you know, if you ever want to do theater or especially kids, you know, it brings them like a different type of energy where you're working with different people and then you're learning to be free and you're learning to be yourself at the same time too. Mm-hmm. And also having fun with it and kind of like, you know, letting go and, uh, you know, forget about the world at the moment. And also like learning about yourself, which is the most important thing. You know, you learn more about yourself, the more you want and the more uh, you don't like. After that, I started doing a lot of production, uh, theater production at Georgia State. And then I, graduated and then I did nine to five. I didn't like that. <laughs> and, yeah. and I uh, switched over uh, to film and television. And at the time, this was when uh, Crazy Rich Asian came out. It, it was like, oh my God, we have Asians in like media, yeah, <laughs> representation. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, where yeah. are all the Asian actors? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can hire Asian people? <laughs> oh my yes. God, we can hire <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see us? Great. <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's a lot of them apparently there's a lot of black people too they they pay right. for movie tickets this is strange so much for our like no not <laughs> so it was crazy man and uh that i knew at the time even though i had an agent at the time and uh, uh i wanted to go into another direction because asians uh were in demand and so i started going to a different agency and then i finally landed uh with my agency uh right now who i've been with for about six years and uh we uh we have a great relationship i love them so much and i've been working ever since with them and i've also um been pretty much working behind the scenes as well as a production assistant and uh rip pa and casting and a lot of different things because i wanted to understand the world of filmmaking and how things are light up and like why did you decide to do this and why did you decide to take this out why you know it's so interesting how so many choices you think 
our pre-planned and pre-production changes in the moment it starts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you're like, wow. You know, yeah. From drug dealer to director. Right. <laughs> man, I, the job of the director, man. I'm just like, man, you, you guys have like the hardest job ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, cause you really see yourself being a director. Like what's, what's a dream job for you uh, within the film industry? Uh, like, do you want to say an actor or, you know, it's funny because I, Recently, I started losing the joy of acting because of the way things are processed, because we're not in the room anymore. Everything is self-tape. Oh, so therefore, uh, the process of self-taping is you're you're literally uh, a DP, a gaffer, an editor, <laughs> no. and an actor and a director all at once. And you're trying to figure out what exactly you're conjuring up to send to this casting director and networks and producers to hopefully you get hired for this job and uh, the more i started doing that i started losing the joy of it i uh i I started to found my foundation again and just kind of like let it go and just you know enjoy the process Mm -hmm. because it is uh what they call a marathon and it's not a sprint and i think every moment i take is the moment that I believe uh, is my moment and uh, that I can bring to the screen. And if they don't like it, it's all good. And I move on. Yeah. And of course I've had a many close calls that could have been life-changing, but uh, we won't get into that, but it's all good. Um, <laughs> I can just, you know, take the L and move on and something else would be uh, better for that. Bro. If you get in blade, I'm going crazy. <laughs> oh, with my, um, Mahershala Ali. Oh man. Yeah, with Mahershala Ali, man. Ooh, that would be great, man. I would just like, oh, I, I would love to work with him. He is such an intricate actor because I love listening to him because he, what he does is he always, his process is he always brings music to every character. He brings, uh, he always listens to, a, he has a playlist he, he makes for every character. Like for example, the one in, um, uh, what's the one, Luke Cage. Yeah. Uh, he made a whole entire playlist of, what it's like to be a uh, a gangster. um, Cottonmouth, right? Yeah, Cottonmouth. And he listened to Jay-Z, Notorious B.I.G., just like the what's in the background with the Mm -hmm. the crown and king. The crown, yeah. Yeah. And and music brings that energy to the character you're bringing in, the presence and the essence. So I'm like, man, that's that's so interesting. Is this... It's a, it's this process, you know, yeah. if, you, if the character listen to those musics every day and those words and those motivations and they're just like, yeah, this, this is who I am. This is what I want. I'm going to be. And this is what I'm going to get. Man, I don't, I don't know what he's going to have to listen to for Blade. Is it just going to be like that one? <laughs> just listen to that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like the, the Sephiroth theme. Uh, <laughs> Sandstorm. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Tiesto. PA Marshall Ali, here's your playlist. <laughs> like, uh, you can 
definitely have this back. <laughs> Do not need this. <laughs> Actually, like, uh, I know we were kind of talking about Blade. I know that's easily one of my favorites to throw on. We're, I, we have to do an episode about that, like, in the future, <laughs> one of the old ones. But uh, it kind of uh, kind of helps me transition into uh, the movie we're talking about this week, which is Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Um, it's definitely one uh, to just kind of throw on, especially if you've seen it a bunch since you were a kid. I think, uh, I think Jack, that's what you were letting me know, like, like uh, like you when was the last time you think you saw this movie oh man probably when i was watching it on like on an actual like old tv with the antennas <laughs> <laughs> you said on tbs <laughs> yeah yeah on like tbs or something yeah, okay i can see it okay <laughs> channel 17 <laughs> tbs no like Oh man! <laughs> yeah, that is no, probably the last time in back in the uh, you know two thousand early two thousand nineteen nineties. Yeah. yeah, early two thousands. Yeah. I remember um, a lot of my friends like that was the movie to talk about at school, like at the lunch table. <laughs> man, because uh, yeah, we would and that famous, uh, of course, Samuel Jackson scene. Yeah, too, of course. Yeah, like, we'll, we'll definitely get into that for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Yeah, like it, it's. It's one I've seen a million times because I know it's like it's not a it's not a if you broke it down, <laughs> it's it's not a good movie at all. Mm-hmm. Like if you really try and like pay attention to all of the the how it's edited, the the dialogue, the plot, like all of that, just try not to pay attention to it. That's why I've seen it a million times because they throw it on TV. And I think it's like it's one of those movies to where if you watch it for like something interesting happens every five to 10 minutes, which is pretty impressive for like a bad movie. There's no point where you're just like, this is just boring. Cause even, even when they're introducing, uh, whenever they're kind of getting the story going, like even that part's kind of exciting, uh, because they're, they're talking about, uh, the sharks basically. And, uh, and audience, if you don't know what this movie's about, which, um, I'm sure you do at this point in your lives, it's a, came out in 1999 um and it's basically about this young scientist has an idea to try and figure out how to uh reverse the effects of alzheimer's and so she uses like some kind of fluid from sharks brains that keeps them from getting uh any kind of brain disease and in order to uh, in order to get more of this fluid out, she decides to make the sharks larger and smarter. Um, and ultimately, that's uh, the reason why we're watching this dumb movie is because it's all about smart <laughs> sharks um, and large smart sharks. So, Cam, like I know you you just watched it. You watched yeah. it more recent than I did because I was actually like folding laundry. And I was like, oh, let me throw in the uh, throw in yeah. deep blue sea. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm this, we should do this for the show. Like, completely <laughs> forgot. But you actually watched this uh, most recently. Like, uh, so oh, yeah. how did you feel about the like initial setup of it all? Is it like, uh, is it believable? So, you know, I appreciate what they tried to do. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just like you said, it wasn't a good movie. But what I found uh, to be the most interesting part of the movie was the stellar cast uh, that they brought to oh, it. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, obviously Samuel L. Jackson, um, but I completely forgot that uh, LL Cool J 
was uh, in this in this uh, film. Stellan Skarsgård. You know, you have two Marvel actors uh, in this. Two Marvel actors and a Sopranos actor. Uh, yep. Ida Tor- Toruto. Toruto? Torturo. Um, Torturo. Tony Soprano's sister. Yeah. I was like, you know what? This movie is great. I love it. I'm on board. You know, Michael Rappaport. Um, I I enjoyed the cast uh, in this movie. But yeah, it was uh it was a it was a wild ride. Me and my girlfriend had a great time watching it. Um <laughs> yeah. probably won't see it again for a few years, but yeah, hey. <laughs> it's it's not one to like throw on all the time. But if you haven't seen it recently, uh-huh. it's definitely a good one to throw on. I'm sure we're gonna talk talk uh talk it to death basically because Jack, like, what do you remember the most? Well, actually, actually, let's kind of talk about the characters because I know we, I know we, uh, you kind of touched on that and how like fun the cast is, but like, uh, even just like the four big names that I, I just know obviously are like Samuel L. Jackson, LL Cool J, and then they had Thomas Jane, who was like the original Punisher, so that's another Marvel actor in there, right. and then you got uh, Michael Rapaport. Um, mm-hmm. So all, all four of those dudes are awesome on screen anyways i know lo cool j is always lo cool j he's, he's hilarious but, <laughs> but the mean. rest of them are all they've all been in like cool roles yeah um so like uh do you like like do you remember any of like the people in the movie jack like other yeah. than obviously samuel and L- ll well aside that's that's what i liked about samuel and ll because what i remember is um I remember Samuel had a very small part in it and then he just died all of a sudden. It's <laughs> like, what? No. Right. No. It's like, how are they going to bring in this big name actor? No. It's not even 15 minutes in the movie. I'm like, what's going on? I was like, no, he can't be dead. Oh, he's going to come back, you know? No, he didn't come back. <laughs> oh, he, well, that's so weird. But, he's one um, like the best uh, movie deaths of all time. Oh, I definitely. He, because the way he drives the scene as Samuel L, L always does, he I think he's very um he has a very uh smart in his power. So he always yeah. wants to take control. And that's what I think possibly what maybe have been written at first, but they realized no, there needs to be more struggle. So they had to kill him off. <laughs> otherwise, if he was alive, he would probably would take more initiative and be a little bit more smarter on what to do things but more carelessly of course but for his character he it would probably be a, a lot more different story than how it would be you know yeah because yeah. he's supposed to like lead the troops basically because yeah. that's what that's what his character is famous for is because what was it cam like a, a, a avalanche on a mountain or something i can't yeah, remember somewhere where there's a lot of ice or something because he had a, a line where he was like yeah uh ice is quicker than water or something and it has mm-hmm. an eye for murder i didn't really get that scene but it was Samuel Jackson, and he's so magnetic. I was like, "Okay, Sam, I'm I'm with you." Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I think it yeah. was like a it was an avalanche or something. Like it, it was almost like like you said, it, it was like it was like it was looking for us. And like mm. I guess he was the one that kind of saved the group from the avalanche or saved everybody. Mm. So you automatically think this dude's gonna like keep everybody safe from the sharks, but his ultimate his plan ultimately is to like to swim to the top and he's like all right everybody we're gonna get together and we're gonna we're gonna band together we're gonna fight against these sharks and then as he's doing his big Samuel L. Jackson speech this giant shark comes up and like 
eats him completely, but it's like a, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a, uh, <laughs> like a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Like a, almost like a giant puppet shark in the sense where it's like, you don't see the bottom of the, the shark, but you just see the yeah. top. Just like, gom, 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 gom. Just <laughs> eating Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> this huge, huge celebrity at the time. Cause I think uh, he had obviously done like, uh, uh, Pulp, fiction. Pulp Fiction. Pulp and, Fiction. Uh, like, did he do Jackie Brown at, around that time too? Yeah, I uh, think Jackie Brown was around then, um, but he, I, he had obviously had a ton of stuff going on at that point, and and he always kind of has like a Spike Lee, all those movies. So for for people to see this dude just get rocked by this giant sea <laughs> shark, and like 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 Jack was saying in the very beginning of the movie, like well, it's not like the very beginning, but you know, it's like right as things kind of like start to get going, right, um, right. Like and, a like the rising the rising plot to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So um that like that moment I remember watching in the theater and <clears throat> and everybody like people screamed and laughed and like clapped at the same time. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. that's easily one of my favorite like movie going moments of all time because it's just like a this movie is like <laughs> it's it's dumb but it's entertaining in like all the best ways like with the got the big the big like uh animatronic sharks and like these the sharks that eat other sharks and all all these different things so like they got the uh the one-liners yeah oh yeah man (laughs) um what ll cool j that was basically all he did yeah is his what he, I like about him in Deep Blue Sea is the time he did uh, Halloween H2O, which is a horror, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Like yeah. Liar. yeah. But the way he, just by the way he looks at things, it just builds suspense. He, ha- he has a, the, the suspenseful look. And then I guess DP just know how to work work really well with him and just yeah, yeah. You know, in any situation he does, he just knows how to like kind of like build that suspense or in a character like tension with just like his eyes basically just yeah. like a very tense face yeah and he doesn't age nope either no nope. <laughs> made out of rubber or something yeah he's very rubbery <laughs> lick my lip yeah it's all it's all saliva <laughs> he just like pushes it around from his lips further like a gecko <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa, you did that back in the nineties. Oh. So is that the key to immortality? <laughs> Just keep oh, licking your lips and the rest oh, of your oh, face. Oh, Kuja's saliva. <laughs> well, that and he's he's a black man with no facial hair. That's another thing. If if we yeah. want to look like babies shaping our facial hair it's it's very it's it's very very strange <laughs> gotta have something man like i've i've never cut my mustache like ever ever, mm. ever. not once mm. in my entire life it's it, i'm sure it was like a little thin young guy little guy mustache for a very long time and i was like yeah it's fine i don't need to cut this i should have cut it um looking back so, at old pictures <laughs> so if my uh decides to cut it in the middle of the night as a practical joke how would you handle it Ooh, not well. It would be, be a very, it would be a very sad day for me. Like, it, like literally just like, I've never cut it. I've trimmed it, of course, trimmed it. But like, 
it, I, it just came in super thin forever and ever and ever. And I just never cut it because I was afraid if I cut it, it may never come back. Never come back. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I know my kid would freak out if I cut my beard. I couldn't imagine. Oh, I couldn't man. imagine my. <laughs> just oh. no facial hair, just come in all SpongeBob clean. <laughs> you got the light reflecting off your yeah. cheeks and everything. <laughs> <laughs> nah, <laughs> cannot do that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, was it LL Cool J? He uh, he definitely had like I don't know. Like as I get older, especially when I go back and watch these old movies, I like to kind of think about it from a production standpoint, like Jack was talking about, and like how how all of these things have to kind of fall in place. Like even the Samuel L. Jackson portion, like they, I'm sure they killed him off because they couldn't afford him for the rest of the movie. Yeah, like, they, they're like, you could either, we can have you do this one water scene and then you're done and you won't have to be swimming around in cold water for like a month and a half with the rest of the cast. Mm -hmm. um, but then also L O cool J like he had to do all of that by himself. Mm -hmm. Like, He's he most of that movie, most of his movie is just him and that bird. I know that there's definitely like a rumor going, well, it's not random, but there's a there's a uh, hypothesis or like whatever. It's like some people online think that the bird is actually a part of his imagination because uh first of all, I highly doubt you'd be able to have a bird in that place. Yeah, underwater, like yep. Second of all, like uh he's in the kitchen, but he has a pet bird. I don't think that that's okay. Nobody else, nobody else talks to the bird and he has a full on conversation with it. I don't know if that bird was ever really there. We have no real proof of that other than the shark eating it, I guess. Yeah. That's but, an interesting theory. Actually. I might <laughs> yeah, have to uh, climb down the, re the Reddit hole yeah. uh, on that one. It definitely exists for sure. It is an interesting theory, man. Okay, can you imagine the animal wrangler that's trying to get the bird to like fly? Like, are, are you you fly on Elo Kuj's uh, shoulder? Um, I definitely noticed the string this time. Oh, I, oh did you? <laughs> oh yeah, like I think I'm like watching it in HD, like real HD for the first time ever. And yeah. like you were talking about, like I, I saw a string tied to like a, a little, obviously like fishing line tied to the bird. And then it was supposed to fly away from his shoulder. And you could tell they just like yanked it off of his shoulder. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> it was, I was like, I point, I even pointed out to Maya, I was like, look, there's a, there's a string. I paused it. You could quickly see it. And then they just like yanked this bird off of LL Cool J's shoulders. Um, I, I've never really been a fan of like birds in captivity, but like it kind of like weirds me out. I think that's some, there's some childhood stuff in there. Really talk about it. Um. Well, animal movies for me, um, like, you know, Free Willy. It's like I was never a fan of like Free Willy. Oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. That definitely makes sense. Ooh, I was in or we don't have to talk about it, but I was in Orlando when that all that stuff went down, like literally working at Burger King, not Burger King, uh, Bennigan's oh, <laughs> right down yeah. the road yeah. um, when all that stuff would telecom or whatever that that will yeah that was all popping off uh that was a very very strange time you know to hear to kind of hear like people just be like uh fuck sea world yeah like, uh, uh oh like i don't know if y'all gonna be able to come back from this one i don't think they have is sea world still like successful you know what i know that people are still going um i don't yeah. know if it's as big as it once was yeah but yeah you're right man uh that blackfish documentary was mm -hmm. freaky as hell Whoa. yeah it was like it's it's almost it's like it's like the tiger king documentary like to where like, 
where yeah. you're like you're watching it like oh man these animals are crazy oh and these people are crazy and it's like oh it's crazy people taking care of animals this is probably not good mm-hmm. and so you kind of reminded of that over and over and, and it's, uh, it's it's still kind of wrapped around deep blue sea like they've got these these so giants <laughs> it's so true <laughs> you got these people with these uh giant mako sharks which are extremely fast like i don't know if y'all have like any real like knowledge of mako sharks or just sharks in general i thought um, it was a megalodon no <laughs> no they, they actually i, thought, used, I uh, thought it was a kaiju <laughs> <laughs> it looked like one but these giant like 25 feet 25 foot sharks but like yeah. um mako sharks are like the fastest shark so for them to, and they're not that big mako sharks only get to like i think like 10 feet or something i could be talking about out of my ass but they're not that big so for them to make them like 25 foot super genius fast shark like that's honestly it's honestly unnecessary i don't think they needed to do that they could have just yeah. got a great white or something if they really wanted to to like uh get the the brain juice out of it. I don't know. Like it, yeah. none of it really makes sense. They even like, <laughs> even to test the, the fluid from the shark's brain, they just like poured it on top of some old brain. It wasn't yeah. like, a, <laughs> I was, was like, what, what are they doing? I was so lost in that. Can you, can you explain that to me? please? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't inject it. It wasn't any kind of any real science to it. It was just like a, a Petri dish with some dead brain in it. And then they were like, we've got the shock juice. We're going to pour it on top. And they pour it on top and and then the brain started working again. Yeah. How, why would that work in any way? Like, how does that mimic any kind of test or use for it? Like, are people going to be injecting it into their brains? Like, (laughs) it's... You know who had that same thought though? (laughs) The shark. The shark got so mad that when the sciences went over, he was like, all right, buddy, we're done. He was like, fuck your couch. And then he like cut his arm off. Because he did. He was like, done. Yeah, man. He bit the he bit the shit out of Stellan Skarsgård's arm. And uh and definitely that's ripped it, it off. That's its dad, by the way, for those oh, who yeah, don't know. Yeah. What's he, uh uh Bill Skarsgard? Uh he yeah, Bill Skarsgard. He was yeah. in the Exorcist uh three as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I I haven't seen Exorcist three. I've only seen the first one, and that that was <laughs> that was he's the priest, movies. right? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's yeah, a he, priest in Exorcist three, yeah. and I think he like gives he quits or something, or I can't remember. He quits. Yeah, he did quit being a priest, and then he had to come back again. Yeah, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because of everything that happened. Because I I remember uh, not that long ago probably like two or three years ago, um, I had never seen The Exorcist. And I was like, oh, you got to see these. some of these old horror movies are like, they're great. They're not that scary because they're kind of old and it's not that it's not not a big deal. And we were watching it. And as I was watching, I was like, oh, this is legitimately scary. Uh, I forgot yeah, how scary. Bad. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of horrible. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is a legitimately scary She's Walking movie. backwards. What is going yeah. on? <laughs> like, is that a crucifix? Oh. Is she putting it where? Oh, Your hell no. Boy. Man, that's a that's a scary movie. That and what is it? The Shining have always been like. Man, two, I love the Shining. Yeah, man, like two old horror movies that are legitimately kind of like unnerving and creepy. Like, yeah. you know, Psycho and stuff like that from back in the day. I, I, 
I only saw, I can't remember the last one I sat down and watched all of Psycho, but I remember watching it when I was a kid on a like rainy Sunday. It was like, you know, in Florida, it was so, so uh, rainy, so hard that it was like, it was dark outside, middle of the day. My parents yeah. weren't home. My sister was there. She was like, oh, we can watch Psycho. Um, my sister obviously <laughs> fell asleep like immediately. And I may have been like eight or nine. Oh, she did that shit on purpose. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably, maybe. I don't know. She might have just really like wanted to watch it, but then just got bored and fell asleep. But I was I, I remember being locked. You were locked in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Like that. And, she, and I'm pretty sure she fell asleep like immediately. So like I watched that movie like by myself oh so good and like you know like i know i know this is cons- i know deep blue sea is considered a horror movie but like i don't even remember being scared when i was a kid at any point like it's more of just like a weird sci-fi movie yeah it's a thriller yeah know? yeah yeah it's shark thriller <laughs> <laughs> and then who was watching it was like i'm gonna create something with tornadoes Oh yeah. <gasps> <gasps> I'm gonna write it now. <laughs> and I'm done. <laughs> and I'm done. <laughs> That's great. Man, like and uh, yeah, on that note, let's actually uh go ahead and take a take a little break here and we'll be right back with more of the folding list. Are you heading back into the office after working from home all this time? Or do you need something to stuff down that road rage on your way to work? Or are you just looking for more podcasts to listen to in your headphones so you can drown out your coworkers' awful taste in music? Well, look no further. The Folding List is hitting you with new episodes on Friday to kick off the weekend and help you find that movie to throw on while you're just hanging out. And if you're looking for in-depth reviews and discussions about film in general, the movie dogs have got you covered. They'll let you know what's worth watching and what's worth watching at your own risk. Hit subscribe, like, and follow on your favorite podcast platform. And while you're there, hit us with a pretty good review. It all helps and we definitely appreciate the love. Welcome back to the folding list. I uh, hope you enjoyed that break. Uh, while I had to get some water and check on my newborn baby. She was crying a lot and I wanted to see if she was okay. And obviously my wife is taking care of her. She's uh, just got hungry out of nowhere. And I think that's that's one thing that we're kind of learning on this is like, oh, uh, they just eat when they feel like eating. There is no schedule. They just they just kind of do what they want to do. Um, <laughs> but uh, but but yeah, I'm like uh now that we're back, uh, just I guess we can kind of keep talking about Deep Blue Sea and like all these weird moments in this movie. Like I, I think and and that's one of the things that I love about this movie is like all the imperfections, like all the nonsense kind of makes it work in a sense, because even I remember even as a kid, like seeing LL Cool J's knee pads that he was wearing for like a majority of the movie. I don't know if you noticed that, but when he's climbing up the shelves in the kitchen, trying to like not be eaten by the little shark. He's um, like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> he's definitely wearing like big giant knee pads. And I'm like, why did they like, why did they allow that to be seen? It looks crazy. It just looks like he has like blown up knees. Cause like the, all those little moments, like him being stuck in the oven. So, right. So LL Cool J is stuck in this, uh, 
well, he's trying to get away from the shark. He falls from the, <laughs> he falls from the, uh, from the shelving like camps. <laughs> he falls back in the water and then he hides in this oven, but it's a double tiered oven. And he's like, well, I'll hide from the shark in here. And the shark uses his nose to turn the oven up high. The shark and- turns the damn <laughs> oven on, guys. <laughs> he, he, sets it, he sets it to 500, and he puts on a timer for 15 minutes. <laughs> and, and obviously, Elo is like, oh, gas! But he happens to be holding this real tiny little uh, axe. It's an axe, yeah. Yeah, but it, I just thought about that, too. It was very small. It's like a hatchet. Mm-hmm. Like, most safety axes it's going to be like a real axe right like mm-hmm. i couldn't imagine just seeing a hatchet on the wall for emergencies but anyways he's using that to break through the bottom of the oven to get to the top of it he never it makes one spark like obviously that would have killed him the whole thing's filling with gas and he chops a giant hole in the uh eat like a super thin layer of aluminum like that there's no there it would it's an oven it's a tub, double tiered oven like it doesn't work like that he cuts a hole, <laughs> cuts a hole that and then climbs up and obviously jumps out over the shark which has finally worked its way into the bottom oven and then he throws a a lighter yeah, it was and lighter. explodes the shark Mm-hmm. That whole scene is dumb. Like the rest of the rest of the movie's fun, but that scene to me is just like complete. Not I've never liked that part of the movie. Yeah. They, they try and make it super cool, but I've I just never really liked that. Lighter is completely submerged in the water. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> click click. Yep. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, the definitely not going to work. <laughs> super soaked. Like man, yeah. slow mo yeah. out of the the kitchen and then the bird. <laughs> 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 yeah, oh, the shades on. <laughs> man. What are you doing, shades? I don't know. Because <laughs> he's LL Cool J. His head is like a shark's cool. fin. Yeah, ladies love Cool Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I know, like, and in, in this movie always makes me think of uh, Anaconda. Like, I know oh, it does. Oh, yeah, oh, I, I actually thought that uh, LL Cool J was in Anaconda, but I don't think he was. Right. Nope. No. That was uh, Ice Cube. That was Ice Cube. Yeah. 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 He was the fish out of water saying, "Man, I got to get back to wherever I'm from." <laughs> <laughs> that was his role in that movie. <laughs> that's, 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 that's all he had to do. <laughs> <laughs> you had to be the one black guy that survives. That's a, that's a rapper that wants to get back to his <laughs> neighborhood. That thinks all these white people are crazy. <laughs> Oh man, you know what? I'm gonna make a podcast and I'm gonna name it Does the Black Guy Die First? <laughs> the spin-off of this one. Yeah, it'll be <laughs> the episodes will be five minutes. Does the yeah, black exactly. guy die first? Yes. <laughs> oh my and every God. so often we'll be like, oh spawn. Well, he is the black guy and he does die first, but <laughs> He is the star of the movie. So technically, technically, I <laughs> uh, love it. Yeah, I'm going to write that down. Actually, <laughs> that's so funny because it kind of uh, remind me of like, I think that may be the first movie where I watched and I was like, oh, finally, the black guy doesn't die in a movie. Right. Oh, and- I, I said that. <laughs> I definitely said that to my wife while we were watching it. People were like shocked by that. Mm-hmm. 
easily like one of the first that I remember, like you were saying, like, I'm sure it's one of the first you remember where the black guy actually lives to the end of the movie. Yeah. This and Anaconda, I guess. Right. That and uh, And, um, um, uh, I saw the people under uh, under the stairs is a very old horror movie back. Yeah. Okay. Okay. uh, Yeah. I was watching now. I was like, oh, man, finally. What about um, Buster Rhymes? Was he in Scream? Uh, no, uh, he was in uh, Halloween. Yep, Halloween H2O, that one. like you, yeah. uh, you were just talking about, yeah. Yeah, H2O, yeah. He lived in that one too, right? Oh, no, not H2O. It was, uh, it was a new Halloween. Was uh, it? Yeah, he was. was like Halloween uh, Resurrection or something. Yeah, Halloween was Resurrection. That, was that the name of it? Yeah, because there was a scene where there was a fire, and he was like, oh, it's about to be a showdown, motherfucker. Oh, yeah, like boxes or something. <laughs> he beat the shit out of Michael Myers' ass. <laughs> Bro, it's like, how many times is this motherfucker going to get resurrected? I mean, he got another movie coming out, like, next year. Yeah, it? written by Danny McBride, yeah. Um, another one, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because, like, uh, yeah, Danny McBride did uh, the last, like, it was kind of a continuation, but they... They basically just like didn't talk about the Rob Zombie ones. They made it like those don't exist, but they they kept the rest of it. Like basically, I think the the plot of if I'm remembering correctly, the plot was like Halloween one and two happened, but the rest didn't. So this most recent one that Danny McBride wrote, it was kind of more uh, more closely related to like what everybody knows and loves about uh, Michael Myers and Halloween. I honestly enjoyed it. I think a lot of people were kind of meh about it because we've seen this character a million times and they're just like rebooting, reboot, reboot. But um, I thought it was pretty cool. Like I've always kind of enjoyed like a good slasher movie, but they did that one pretty well, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what was the, and I guess, like you said, like when's the, is it Halloween, Halloween Kills? Is that the new one coming out? I think so. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's the last uh, recent one that will be coming out. Yeah. Yeah, twenty twenty one, North Carolina, I believe. Yeah, or South. Oh, Carolina. really? Yeah, I don't know what the plot will be like, but I just know that <laughs> Amy Lee Curtis come back again, and she's just Amy. like Michael. Yeah, <laughs> he's the plot's gonna be he's not dead yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still killing people. Yeah, he's still alive and beating the yeah. shit out of people. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, she's gonna come back. I don't know if she's gonna show her titties in this one. But I don't think so. I think those yeah. days are done. <laughs> not because they not because they can't be. She can do whatever she wants. But I just don't think she wants to. <laughs> She's probably done it enough in her lifetime. <laughs> May not be her time. <laughs> you know what? Hey, Jamie Lee Curtis, if you're out there, just do it for the older women out there. You know? <laughs> no, she I can do it for us. I wouldn't mind seeing it <laughs> Do it for the folding list, Jamie. <laughs> For the folding list specifically. (laughs) (laughs) These guys are just really into Jamie Lee Curtis. (laughs) She likes them. I don't don't know what's happening. Is this an Activia thing? Yeah, I'm going to follow her Twitter right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this uh, this is definitely one of those movies. Like I said, it's uh, similar to kind of all those big monster movies like uh, Anaconda, Lake Placid, which is another movie that I put in like this category to where it's more just, it's more the fun overall than anything else. Like I remember I convinced my parents to let me see Lake Placid because 
I had already seen Deep Blue Sea. Like, um, and I knew like they were the a very similar type of movie. And my dad was like, all right, I guess we can go. Cause I think they were both rated R at the time. So like You got a cool dad. Yeah, well, yeah, man. And like that's what I've always, yeah, it was uh 1999 as well. Like they both came out in the same year. And and that was that's always been one thing about like my parents that I've straight up appreciated is the fact that they've let me watch almost anything I've really wanted to see as long as either they saw it first or there wasn't like a ton of sex scenes or something in it. But I I could watch almost anything. Like I saw a poster, like this uh, art piece that someone made recently where it was just like, it was a picture of uh, Arnold in Terminator 2. It was like like a painting almost of Arnold in Terminator 2, Robocop, Ripley from Aliens, um, and something else. I forgot who the other one was, but I was like, oh, all of those movies were my exact favorite movies from like elementary school on, which was like Terminator 2, Aliens, not Alien. I don't even think I saw Alien until I was in college. Um, but That's the OG one, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I watched Aliens over and over and over and over, like that and Terminator 2 and Robocop. But those are all like all like heavy R movies, like rated R heavy movies. But my parents like, they just let me watch them. Like, let me watch Pulp Fiction, like all these crazy movies. And because of that, like that that's obviously why I love film, love television, love all this stuff, man. It's because my parents like showed me you all of this is just make believe. It's all Mm -hmm. just people having fun and like, like all the behind the scenes stuff. I don't know how I got started on that as a kid, like watching the making of like, I remember that being like my favorite thing on TV, like the making of Jurassic Park or the making of Batman. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I've mentioned that already on the podcast, but I, I can remember my dad recording over, no, he set up the VCR to record the making of Batman forever, but he set it up to where, he recorded the hour after it. Mm-hmm. And when you record videotapes, you can set it up to like start recording at eight fifties or seven fifty seven, So you can make sure to catch the beginning of it. Oh yeah. He caught the last three minutes of it. And then it went on to something else. I cried and cried and cried oh, man. <laughs> as man. a kid, because I wanted wow. to see the making of Batman yeah. forever. Yeah, like yeah. what kid does that? What kid is, <laughs> is crying because he wanted to see the cameras and the people behind the scenes. Making stuff. Not the movie, but the making yeah. of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like what kid is like, what, what? did Tim Burton do? <laughs> <laughs> was this like, was this like right before or right after? Your dad was like, Travis, you're watching way too much TV. No, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. That, it might have been somewhere around the same time, but that was, I just remember that moment of like always, like always really wanting to watch that part of their either promotion of, you know, because it was all kind of like promotion for the movies at the time. So like I don't I don't know where that started, but I remember that moment specifically, like not being able to see the making of like this rinky dink Batman movie. It's not even like one of the better ones. But um just that was the one with like all the toys and all that stuff. Like that was mostly what Batman was back in the day anyways, especially when we were kids, it was just like merchandising. Yeah. Like all those uh, yeah. Yeah. everywhere, pajamas. <laughs> yep. Those McDonald's cups, man. We had those glass McDonald's oh, cups. Yeah. I had the Riddler. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. I think I, I think I had the Riddler one and then also the actual Batman one because it had like the grappling hook wrap around the handle of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, 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 like that was back when McDonald's gave like crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. They don't give anything now. No, nope. they, man, that kind of sucks. We had a great childhood. I got all the Power Rangers when the Power Ranger movie was coming out. Yeah, man. man the got, economy was popping, man. Yeah, man. I got fat <laughs> as hell that summer. My dad was like, why are you eating McDonald's hamburgers every single day? <laughs> you get all these toys. <laughs> Collect yeah. Pokemon cards. At, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just a fat kid with a hamburger in one hand and Power Ranger in the other. <laughs> oh, I didn't even eat hamburgers, man. I went straight to Quarter Pounders. I went from Happy Meal to Quarter Pounders, dog. I was a fat kid, like <laughs> quarter pounder with a medium fry, and I'm ten uh, years old. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! <laughs> but yeah, so uh, it's it's uh, it's honestly been cool having you here, Jack. I definitely appreciate you coming on, um, and definitely uh, why don't why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us one one last time, one quick time about uh, what you got coming up, man. Uh, I've got uh, Farm to Fork to Love will be coming out on Hallmark uh, soon. It is uh, internationally on um, the website Web with Love. So it is playing uh, in Europe. Uh, hopefully it will be playing domestically here. Nice, man. Congratulations again on getting the uh, getting the role, man. It's, uh, it's always it's always good to like keep getting those jobs where you're where you're when you're wanting them, man. Like good stuff, man. I do have one uh, one more role that I can't say, but hopefully it'll come out soon and might be coming out at the end of this year or next year, depending on when it comes out. And uh, the editing gods are good for me. So, yeah, 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 that will come out soon. So, yeah. Hey, man, we're going to manifest that shit. We don't know what it is, but yep. we're still going to try to manifest it. Yeah, All right. Start, start seeing this dude on screen more and more and more. <laughs> right. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. I actually had a chance to see uh, Jack live uh, one day. Oh, nice. And it was fantastic, man. And I'm not just saying that just to blow smoke up your ass, Jack. Like, I literally <laughs> felt tears like coming down. Nice and man. Just the way that you did it, like like acting as an art form in in general. Like I'm like, how do you do it, dude? Yeah. Like wow. But yeah, fantastic job, man. Thank you. Thank I you for uh, coming for that production, man. That was a very hard theatrical production play, and uh, yeah, man, that was really I really appreciate your support, man. That just brings me uh, so much joy and. Also, just you being there, you know? Just yeah, man. I'll do it 10 times over, bro. Thank you for, uh, you know, being on the show, you know, yeah, and having man. us definitely. talk to you. Definitely. You know? we, we definitely appreciate you coming on and uh, answering all our, our weird questions and talking about this dumb movie for an hour or something. But uh, it's, all, <laughs> it's it's always good seeing you. Great great to see you again. And uh, and all right, Cam, like, I guess I guess that's, uh, that's it for this week. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so, yeah. uh, we'll talk about what we watch uh, next week. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll figure it out. I'll be doing laundry and be like, oh, I should talk about this movie somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about True Lies or something. Maybe we'll talk about that. <laughs> but all right, y'all. Uh, thanks, thanks again for coming. Thanks for listening. And uh, catch you next time on The Folding List. <laughs>